Well, probably, uh, first of all, thank you for coming. This is a wonderful show up, uh, given the um, bad weather we're having. Uh, probably most of you know, because um, I shared this uh, on a series of Wednesday night talks a few months ago when I first arrived, uh, that uh, though I was born and raised in a Catholic family when I was a teenager, um, I, my, my brother and I, we went out and we, we basically had uh, joined a, an evangelical group and, um, and I identified really as a, as a Christian outside the boundaries of the Catholic Church for a number of years. And uh, the beginnings of that really kind of be traced back to my four, when I was about 14 or so, but really I didn't get serious about um, what I was doing until I was about 18 or 19. And um, at that time, I started to read the Bible pretty, pretty deeply, pretty intensely, and started to familiarize myself with Catholic-Protestant controversies and the doctrinal disputes between the two different groups. And, um, you know, one, of course, it's very well known... Uh, there's, there are some groups of Protestants who uh, take this injunction of Christ about not calling people master or father or teacher or rabbi uh, very very seriously at a kind of a literalistic sense. Uh, and so like even now, now that I'm a, a Catholic priest and you've got this title father that's described to me, um, you know, I'll have sometimes uh, Protestants will talk to me and they'll very studiously avoid calling me father. They'll, they'll always they'll refer to me as pastor or something like that, you know. Um, other, other Protestants don't have a problem with that. When I was outside the Catholic Church and identified as, I don't think I ever really would call myself a Protestant. I think it took a few years for me to kind of come to a mindset where I actually did that. But in any event, um, I did not identify as Catholic but I would say after about a year of seriously reading and studying the Bible, I saw that this particular objection of some Protestant groups uh, against Catholicism really didn't hold a lot of water, that you can't take these um, this injunction of Christ uh, literally, that his main point really has to do with pride. It has to do with the condition of the heart. Okay. Um, so like a few things I started to notice... Um, if you go throughout the, the rest of the Bible, the, t- the title Father, for example, is ascribed to people quite frequently. Um, and if you were to take this very literally, you couldn't refer to your own natural father as father. I mean, Jesus says, call no man on earth your father. So if you want to really follow that to the letter, you really shouldn't ever refer to your natural father as father. You know, I mean, So it's a, it's a bit absurd, right? You can't take it too literally. And I noticed even, uh, for example, in the book of Hebrews, the author, whether it's St. Paul or whoever it is, he says, uh, we have had earthly fathers and we respected them. How much more should we? And so, you know, here's an author of the New Testament explicitly, seemingly to do what Christ is telling him not to do. Um, if we want to follow this injunction too literally, uh, St. Paul comes in for a lot of, a lot of uh, criticism because he uses the term father uh, very, very uh, liberally all throughout his writings. Um, so, for example, just in the book of Acts, he commonly says to the crowds that he's speaking to, my fathers and my brothers, please give me your attention. And then he'll go and he'll preach the gospel to them. So he's referring to just, it was a title of respect that was given to older gentlemen uh, in that culture. And I remember once hearing a, um, a Protestant missionary from India or from a country near India and uh, he was relating a story about how he went into a village and he, he found an old man and he would he kept referring to this older gentleman as 
father or my father, my father. So in some cultures, you know, there's this, it's a title of respect that you give to someone who's a little bit older. Um, and so that's what the ancient Jews did, and you see St. Paul doing that in uh, the book of Acts. Uh, also, fathers in the New Testament has a very, uh, a very um, spiritual dimension to it as well. So St. Paul will, will refer quite frequently to the ancient, he'll say, our fathers, um, referring to Old Testament saints. Our fathers did this, our fathers did that. And in uh, 1 Peter, or it might be 2 Peter, there's actually a reference to uh, within the Christian era, some of the earliest Christian um, uh, disciples as fathers as well. Um, and then St. Paul calls himself father twice. Uh, for example, in uh, 1 Corinthians, he says, You have many teachers, but you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And then uh, referring to Philemon in Philemon verse 10, he says, uh, Philemon, my, my child, whose father I became uh, in Christ Jesus in my imprisonment, so forth and so on. So very quickly in my own intellectual journey, I started to see like, well, I don't know if we can take Christ's injunction too literally here because you'd have to then uh, conclude that the New Testament is contradicting himself. And a lot of Christians don't want to say that. Most Christians wouldn't want to say that the New Testament is contradicting himself. So if, you know, Jesus' injunction um, is not to be taken... Oh, and here's a few other points here I found interesting, too. I started to realize, as an English major so in college, I started studying English, I just started to realize, you know, our, our title, uh, Mr., um, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Castellano, for example, you know, Mr., you know, that means it's master. That's what it means, you know. So, again, if, if we were to take Christ literally, then I, we, we couldn't call each other Mr. or, I mean, it would be ridiculous. You start getting a little bit absurd. Um, so, consequently, even as a Protestant, I would refer, if I met a rabbi on the street, I would call him, you know, Rabbi Sykes or Rabbi whatever. I wasn't, I didn't take this passage too literally. Or if I met a Catholic, or if I met a Catholic priest, I'd call him Father so-and-so. It's just a title of respect. Uh, or Mr. So-and-so. It's not a big deal. So what is Christ really getting at right here? He's talking about pride. And there's something even deeper here because it, it really it ties in, actually, I can we can refer to the devil here. Okay, um, There's an error, a theological error, called Pelagianism. And the devil was the first Pelagianist. Okay, He was the first Pelagian. Uh, essentially, what, what the devil wanted to do is how he what he sinned he sinned out of pride what was the nature of that sin he wanted to attain unto the calling that god had for him okay god has called us all to um uh to be supernaturally to be to be sons and daughters to be like god to be uh in his image and to be like him. That's our vocation. That was the vocation of the angels at first, before human beings were ever created. The angels were, were created. They were given the gift of grace, uh, and they were called to become like God. Now, the devil wanted to do that. He wanted to be like God, so that was good. But he wanted to do it out of the resources of his own natural strength, and not with God's help, not with the help of God's grace. And so that is the original pride that the devil fell into. And so whenever you think that you can aspire to holiness, to goodness, 
to uh, obedience to the law of God by your own natural powers and your own natural resources, that's you're committing this kind of error of Pelagianism. Okay, and it, it comes from a, a place of pride. Now, the early a lot of the Pharisees and the early rabbis that Jesus is critiquing here, they thought that's exactly how you followed the law. They thought that you followed the law, the, the ancient Old Testament law and the moral law, simply out of your own strength. And so all you needed to do was learn about the law, and that was supposedly sufficient enough for you to follow it. Well, where do you learn about the law? You have to go to a teacher. So you can understand in that culture, teachers then became magnified. They were like gods on earth. Okay, They almost became the source of salvation. It was like they were the origin and font of my salvation because I go to my rabbi, my teacher, I learn the law from him, and there we go. I obey it, and I am, I'm saved, and that's all I need to do because I follow what he teaches me out of my own natural strength. But what Jesus is teaching us is that uh, all strength and help comes from God and that we cannot do anything of ourselves. And if we have any spiritual life that's given to us, its ultimate source is God the Father, is, is the Blessed Trinity. Now, human beings might participate in God's fatherhood, in his spiritual fatherhood, but they do so only as channels, not as sources or origins of spiritual life. And so this is really what Jesus is, is talking about. So if any of us here participate in spiritual fatherhood or motherhood, we do so only, as I, as I said, as participation in the supreme uh, paternity that, that is in God. And uh, so we're just conduits. We're not sources. We're not origins. And we can't get spiritual life just simply, you know, we can't pull ourselves up from our bootstraps. But we have to depend upon God, uh, who alone is uh, the, the source and the origin of salvation and spiritual life.